This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I'm finding it more and more interesting um, what is happening on Wednesday nights and how God is drawing our hearts together. And um, over the past couple of days, um, I've had some things personally that happen, and I've also... um, had a horrible struggle <laughs> with what would happen tonight because I do believe with all my heart that God simply wants us to yield. And, um, you know, I'm all for teaching, but I also am all for redefining teaching, that it's not always what we think it should look like, that the Holy Spirit lives within us and is teaching us in every moment of every day with life experiences, with even the challenges that aren't ordained by our Father, yet he takes them and he guides us and he trains us. And so um, over the past couple of days, well, I started Monday and I felt so sure. And, And I'm sharing every piece of this because I think for us, even as a particular gathering within this house, I think we need to be sensitive and yielded to what God is doing when we come together. Because every... Every happening in this house affects everything else in this house. And so if we get sensitive, each thing we link to, what is God doing there? You see, we can think, well, this is a teaching night. This is a school. So there's going to be worship, then there'll be the offering, and then there'll be teaching as we normally know it. And so I have post-it notes and all these little things of what would come to the flow of my heart for the past couple of days. And um, so what I really want to share that I think is pronounced is actually an encounter that I had um, yesterday. And so what happened was um, I've been pondering a lot about Jesus. And I've been thinking even what, what Gavin said on Sunday, the author and the finisher, the authority and the finisher of my faith. And I thought about um, when you're building a house, a beautiful house, and there are finishing carpenters that come in. And they do the meticulous, crafted, artistic finishing work that just sets the tone for the beauty. And so I was thinking about that through um, Sunday and then into Monday, and I prepared notes of what I thought that God was going to teach tonight. And then, you know the end thens, when you're just going along normal with Jesus, and then you have uh, an encounter. And from Sunday with the author and finisher, I had been pondering Acts 4.12, that there is salvation through no other name, that the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus basically commands our salvation. And I was just pondering that. And so yesterday I'm driving to work, and um, I have XM radio in my car, and so I had the Christian station on, and a song came on that I've I've probably heard easily 10 or 15 times, and I like it, but it's... It wouldn't be like a song that we would normally bring into a worship setting, and I love songs that we can bring into a worship setting. But since every part of our life is a worship setting, um, Jesus had other thoughts for me with that song that day. And um, 
So I'm driving along, and I pull through Gainesville. It's funny, with things like this, you know exactly where you were. I was pulling through Gainesville, and the song pierced my heart. I mean, it pierced my heart like someone had a flaming arrow and shot it right at my core. And my whole life from the day I was born again at eight, it was like a fast-forward video. And I had this impact of um, my Savior. And um, literally, like almost like a bursting of a volcano, the emotion came up through me. And I was struck with the faithfulness of Jesus. Because I was born again at eight. And I know I was. And it was a very supernatural encounter with God in a Baptist church. And the way that it unfolded was really, I've never forgotten any details of it. But then I went through life just going to church with my parents. And then I hit the point where I didn't have to anymore. I was older. And I chose not to. And for 21 years, I was just doing the church or my own thing. And when I did my own thing, I did my own thing. And it struck me that for 21 years, Jesus never left me. Not for one second. He went everywhere I went. And I was so struck with gratitude yesterday, thinking where I had been and where he had been. Until I was 29 and my husband and I rededicated our lives. But I thought about that, guys, because something is happening here on Wednesday nights with the word of God. Something is happening in our worship. Jesus is coming personally to us. And I think it's real important that he not get buried in our knowledge in this school. I want teaching here. I want us to be literate in truth. But when Jesus comes on the scene to speak to us, it supersedes everything else. Because when he manifests, he saves. And I thought about a life that when I was a young adult and Jesus was right with me, he saw me here doing this kind of thing. He wasn't literally thinking of where I was then. He was calling me out all that time. His voice, his heartbeat, his faithfulness, his love, his trust in me. He was holding on to me. And I think in the school of word and worship, it is really important that we allow the flow that's happening to really pierce our hearts. That we don't just sit comfortably. That we don't just sit still. When there is a savior that is saving this very minute in this room, he's saving. He is saving us from our own thought processes, from our own attitudes. He's saving us from complacency. He is saving us from even that attitude that says, if I go too far, then I'm so sold out. How do I come back? How do I live the life I want? I want to tell you tonight, my heart was so pierced yesterday that my Savior guarded me when I should have died. I should have died. I mean, come on, guys. Jesus, I should have died, but I was being guarded by a Savior. There is no other name by which men must be saved. And so in this worship school, I think each week we're being given deeper opportunities to say, the Lord Jesus is the center and the focus of this gathering. The Lord Jesus, yes, Father God, but God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. 
And so he got our attention with a human who was in his image and understood completely what it is to walk on this planet. He understood completely what it is to have a pierced heart. He understood completely. And so I want to let tonight unfold. I've shared with you an encounter I had with Jesus. And I've had some chats with a couple of people over the past couple of days. And we're all in the same place. And I think some of you are as well. So um, Rafa's going to share his heart a little bit. But I want you to think about this because I'm telling you, I was rocked in my car. And I've had encounters with God. But we're, we're all having these encounters where he is literally drawing us to a higher place. He's drawing us to a place of authenticity that will literally astound the world. You see, prior in, in Acts, the guys are being called before the Sanhedrin because they've healed somebody. And the the guys, the learned ones, are trying to figure out how do we handle these ones that are a little out of bounds. I think it's time for us to get a little out of bounds. We've got a savior that gave everything. He got out of bounds. He didn't get outside of truth, but he got outside the bindings of religion. He got outside the bindings of the traditional gathering. He got into the place where he knew exactly who was keeping him, his heavenly father. And then he becomes our gift to keep us. I don't know what you deal with in life. I don't know what you're dealing with even in your call because every one of us is called. Every one of us is called to release our hearts in the earth. To release our passion. To release that place where the fiery arrow of the love of God pierces us through and causes us to no longer act the way we've always acted. You see, Jesus is worthy. Alex and the team brought forth songs tonight of the worthiness of Jesus. He had no idea what was on my heart. Jesus did. Jesus planned it, that we would all be able to be more aware. You have a Savior. You have a Savior, a real serious Savior. I really want to give my heart to be as serious about him as he is about me. Because he got in my car yesterday to remind me why I should be grateful. I love you. You're so good looking. Are you guys doing okay? Sweet, I love it. Thank you guys. I'm really thirsty. I tried really hard not to trip on my way up here. And um and as I, I was all I was thinking about during worship was about how you guys are so amazing for coming here after a long work day and sacrificing your time and fighting traffic on 66. Can I get an amen? Come on, man. 66, that's, that's rough. I think, I think they're building an extra lane, so thank you guys for your prayers. Uh, I wish you guys had prayed like three years ago when I was stuck in traffic every day. But it's okay. I forgive you. So, um, but I was just thinking about how awesome you guys are coming here and do this. And, and as they were worshiping, I'm not going to lie to you, I was like so focused on coming here and talking that I forgot that we were even worshiping. And I think that's what we do a lot when we come here to church is we're thinking about our problems and forget how big Jesus really is. And it's okay. So I think the power of scripture, he literally took me to all my old highlighted notes. And I think it's really cool of, 
when we read, we have no idea what seeds we're actually planting for our future in our, in our life. So like right here, God was telling me about Psalm 62. I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. I earnestly search for you, God. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in the parched and weary land where there is no water. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. Man, in that verse right there, Psalm 63.3, just, I didn't care about what I was going to come up here and say. <laughs> I didn't care about any of the problems that I had in my life. The only thing I cared about at that moment was singing whatever weird song they were singing up there. And just believing that it was true. And I think my favorite part about it is that it started to create these memories in my head about last night. And I actually had an opportunity to go down there on a Tuesday night and teach to your youth. So if you have any kids that come to Tuesday nights, I just want to tell you thank you for doing that. And, uh, and it was awesome because they were singing Good, Good Father and um, I'm No Longer a Slave to Fear. And I was like, oh, this is easy money. We're just, we're just out here on a Tuesday night. I'm hanging out with youth. So thank you guys for being so young. Are you guys good? Sweet. Maybe I should pray, right? That's what I should do. Father God, we just thank you so much for tonight. We thank you that we made it all here alive and safe. Thank you that hearts are open because you're a good, good father. Come on. Thank you, God, that we got a chance to sing. So I thank you that none of us are mute. (laughs) Thank you, God, that we were able to hear songs so none of us are deaf. Come on, God. You're a good dad. You're a good dad. You're really a good dad. You're an awesome daddy. And the reason we're here is not to hear somebody speak some encouraging words that that can make it through a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday pop up. But we're up here to just hear your heart and what you have for us. Because you care that much about us that you have a stranger up here, a 25-year-old stranger. Just come up here and speak through these awesome sound systems, through this awesome stage. Something to your heart. Man, so thank you, Papa, for giving us a heart that's open and big. Because you're a good dad and we love you. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, we still good? Nice, I love it. So I don't know how this works, so I'm just going to go with it. Is that okay? Uh, as I was thinking about it, God was like, talk to them about uh, your first time coming to Living Faith. How many, how many of you guys have been here for the first time? Like, is tonight's your first night? Asia, nice, I love that. Man, you, you're that good? You went up on and they got you on the worship team? You walked through the door, they were prophetic, they were like, Asia, worship, up there, go, good, good father. Nice. I love you so much. So I was thinking about my first time coming to Living Faith, and, and, um, and it was really funny, right? It was 6 o'clock at night, and, uh, and it was crazy to me because I only believed church was on Sundays, not on a Tuesday night at 6 o'clock at night, let alone a Wednesday night at 8 o'clock at night. And I had my best friend text me, and he was like, hey, I'm going to pick you up, we're going to go to church. And I was like, oh what? <laughs> I'm not ready for church. I don't have any of my shirts ironed. I don't have any of my button-ups. I don't have my slacks. I don't have my shoes shined. And he was like, it's okay. My niece that's in the car with me, she's wearing PJs right now. So you should just come with me. And I was like, PJs? That's blasphemy. You can't wear PJs. <laughs> to praise the Lord, that's so messed up. So uh, from there, I was like, okay. So I got my Air Force Ones. I thought they were good enough for Jesus. So I got that, my blue jeans and a little polo. And I thought I looked appropriate for church. And I get in the car, and he was right. She was wearing PJs. And I was so jealous. Man, I was so jealous. I can remember how comfortable she was and, and how I was just so scared to go to church. And uh, so we get in the car. He didn't tell me how far away it was. At the time, we lived in Alexandria, so we drove all the way up here to Manassas. So it was an hour away, and we were stuck in 66, tra- 66 traffic. 
So eight years ago, you should have been praying as well, but you didn't, and I forgive you in the name of Jesus. So we were driving on 66. <sighs> we turn into this weird thing. The only thing I can remember is the Cracker Barrel and the gas station. Uh, all, the dark, all the roads are dark, so I'm so scared. And uh, then we turn to this weird, somewhat lit light, and we don't come up here in this cool little front parking lot where it says Living Faith Church. He drives around in the back. So all you see back there, there's no lights. It's dark back there. Don't you go back there unless you're cleaning. But it's dark back there, and there's no lights, and it's just trees. And all I can think about was this was his master plan to kill me. This was his plan. He lied to me. He wanted me to be his best friend for six years just so he can kill me. And this is why we drove so far away. And uh, we get back there, and all I see is these big gates open. <laughs> And it's this mountain sanctuary where your little ones go. At the time, that was where the youth group was. And, uh, and I walk in there. I'm terrified. I walk in, and everything is just open. There's no chairs. And in my heart, I was like, where's the pules? I'm supposed to be kneeling down to pray to God. Like, where are they? Where am I supposed to do this at? And uh, so right off the bat, I was, I was so confused. And then this, I can't say this on a Wednesday, this awesome, sweet woman the words I was actually in my head were a crazy woman came up to me with this crazy hair, and she gave me a hug. Like, who hugs in church? Right? I'm like, I don't know you, lady. Back up. <laughs> so she comes. She hugs me. And I was so scared. I had no idea what to say. She was like, so who are you related to? It was my best friend. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm Becky's uncle. That was the niece in the PJs. And I was like, oh, I'm her uncle. And first thing that came through my head was, uh, through my head was condemnation. I was like, I just lied to a pastor. I'm not the uncle. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go to hell. Here I am, lying to a pastor. My best friend's trying to murder me, and I'm not wearing PJs. I was so sad. And um, so we're going in. Everything just keeps getting weirder. I don't have no idea what this worship is. I'm actually looking for a hymn book. How many of you guys know about hymn books? Amazing Grace, right? That's the only song I know. Um, that's why we need hymn books. No, I'm just playing. So I was looking for these hymn books. I was looking for the pules. I'm getting hugs. I'm just so confused. And I just want to go home. <laughs> and, uh, and to make it worse, in my heart, in my little heart back then, they start playing worship music with guitars and electric music. How many of you guys know Hillsong? Come on. They were, like, rocking out. And I'm out here like, this is weird. I can't even dance. I'm stiff. Like, and I see this awesome, beautiful blonde in front of me, and she's just like, like Egyptian dancing, and I'm just like, I can't even do that. I'm in the wrong place. Like, can I, I'm going to go use the bathroom. How many of you guys try to run away from worship using the bathroom? Don't put your hands up. Put your hands down. Pastor Kathy will get you. So I run. I try to go to the bathroom, and there's this big dude in front of me, and he's like, sit down. You can't leave until worship is done. And I was like, man, at least at the other church, they let me use the bathroom whenever I wanted. Right? So I go back. I'm trying to compete with this blonde that keeps dancing. And, uh, and not only did they do one song, they did three songs. And I'm, like, just scared out of my mind. I'm in the back. And so I sit down because uh, I thought it was safe to sit down. And then it just gets even weirder because this big, beautiful-looking man, he's tall. He's six foot two, and he just comes up there with an apron. And I have no idea why he's wearing an apron. I'm like, he's probably going to cook for us after this. Who knows? But really, he was working at Expectations. He got off his, work, uh, off his job and came. And he goes up there, and he's like, I'm in a good mood because God's in a good mood. I haven't had a single bad day since I've been born again. And then this is the part that threw me off. He was like, God loves me, and I'm his bride. And in my head, I was like, 
That's weird. <laughs> what do you mean he loves me? I'm ready for him to strike me with lightning because I'm not wearing a button-up shirt. And he just keeps preaching about how he's his masterpiece and everything about him was, was carefully crafted by the Lord. And not only that, but like after he created him, he just wanted to spend every day with him. And that everything about him was perfect. Even the gap tooth in front and his teeth were perfect. And it was just the first time of me hearing the gospel, because that's really what it was, right? It was a simple gospel, not the overcomplicated, we need theology and we need to go to a high school and a college and a university and get our doctorates, and then we get born again gospel. No, it was the simple gospel. And that night was the first night that anybody had ever told me that Jesus loves me. All the other times it was, you're bad, and because you lied and because you sinned, I'm going to strike you with lightning and you're going to go to hell. Man, and every time I heard that message, I was like, you know what? Like, if I'm going to go to hell, I might as well have fun before I go. Don't get quiet. That got really awkward. And so my life, it was so cool because my life was not good. I was, I was really big into alcohol. I was really big into porn. I was really big into girls. And uh, it got to the point where I got really angry with everybody because that was the way that I protected myself. And so when I heard another man say that he's the bride of Christ, I, I definitely got angry because I didn't know what to do with that. Are you guys still good? Sweet. I got a verse. Let me find it. Uh, James 2, 2, 9? Was it 2, 9? Oh, here it is. Yes. Yes, indeed. It is good when you obey the royal law as found in scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. And it was awesome because everything that happened on my way there to the warehouse was somebody actually loving me. And not caring whether I was wearing the right clothes or whether I looked a certain way or whether I worshipped the right way or whether I actually understood the message. I was just approached by love. And it made me uncomfortable, but it was actually a seed that was planted into my life. And it actually started to grow. And, and last night I got the word organic. And I think that's what happens with everybody here in So Chats. Or in So, that you come here every Wednesday and you have no idea, but seeds are being planted inside of you. Even when you do leave and go to the bathroom, <laughs> or if you do fall asleep, there's seeds that are being planted inside of you that end up growing. And, it does, and this is my favorite part about the whole thing. You don't have to be perfect. I was in the worst place of my entire life, and Jesus decided to come and meet me. I remember the day that I was born again. I was in that sanctuary, and this time I learned how to dance because somebody taught me to. Right? So I go in there. I'm suicidal. I'm on the verge of killing myself. And I walk into that sanctuary. I'm in front of the Lord, and they're just worshiping, doing the same three songs. It was great. And I look at God, and and my prayer of salvation was actually the F word. (laughs) So I said, God, I surrender but I didn't use that word. I used the F word. And the minute that I did that, everything that I had on my chest just lifted up. And I finally understood the scripture of, it, <laughs> of God loving us. Not that we love God, but that he loved us first. And, and the gospel finally made sense to me that Jesus came and died for us for that specific moment. For that moment right there. After all those seeds have been planted. And he's good. He's so good. And that's why we sing those songs of he's a good, good father. And that we're no longer slaves to sin. Come on, and it happened 2,000 years ago. When he died on that cross for you. Are you guys still with me? 
Okay, good, sweet. I ain't mean to get that deep. I'm sweating up here. Okay, good. Thank you, Jesus Christ. I love him, man. He's a good daddy. So I think that's what I want to tell you today is that he loves you. And he loves your unibrow because I have one, right? But I have this awesome wife that he blessed me with, and she was like, you need to do your eyebrows. And I talked to the Lord, and he said it was okay in his book, so I do them. (laughs) She hates when I call her off stage, so I just want to tell you that. So if you have a unibrow, he loves that part about you. He did that on purpose. So embrace it. Enjoy it. If you have a gap tooth, he loves you. I think there's a part there in Scripture that actually talks about we were created by his true word. And you know what? His true word could look like Scripture. His true word could look like Romans 8.1. There is no condemnation for those that belong to Christ Jesus. But his true word can also look like I'm perfect because God gave me a gap tooth. You, you hear me? You're with me? Okay, sweet. I love that so much. It makes me so happy. Okay. I got some notes. Let me go on my notes. Are you guys good? <clears throat> Sweet. So, fast track, I'm born again. I, I said the F word, and that was the prayer of my salvation, and that happened to be the true word that that little Rafa actually needed. Now, I wouldn't recommend you to use that prayer of salvation on somebody else because it might not work. But if whatever authentic, authentic word you have, if you're bringing your heart, Jesus wants that part about you. That's literally what I needed in the moment to be born again or else I would have committed suicide. Mm. Okay, good. <laughs> so um, a couple Wednesdays ago was actually my birthday, right? So yay, happy birthday. I'm actually 18. No, I'm just playing. I'm 25. I'm a whole quarter, so I like that. Can't wait till I'm uh, 50 cents and I uh, get a sports car. Mm. My bad, a truck. I, like, I want a truck. Yeah, come on, Jesus' name. When I used to compare myself to other people, I wanted a Porsche or a Lamborghini. And then one day we were in Chick-fil-A eating a Chick-fil-A mini. I- I'm telling you, if you try new things, God shows up in that thing. So we're in this Chick-fil-A line, and I see this Porsche 911, and I'm in there, and I'm, my wife is next to me. I'm waiting for these Chick-fil-A minis. And... I'm like, God, I, would, I want this dude's life. Like, he has a maid. He has a Porsche 911. I'm sure he's rich. I'm sure he's happy. And God literally rebuked me, and he was like, why? Why are you comparing yourself to another man? And I was like, oh, my gosh, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm just here trying to get Chick-fil-A minis. And so he gave me this true word, which was, say that you love your life. And I was like, okay, God, wherever I'm at right now, I love my life. And literally, as I said that, I had no longer wanted that Porsche 911. Right? So I actually realized that I don't even like Porsche 911 or sports car. I actually want a truck. Come on, a Toyota Tacoma. My birthday is September 18th. I don't know if that's legal. They're probably never going. If you don't see me up here again, it's because of the truck. Okay? But you tell them I told you Romans 8 1. There's no condemnation for those that what? Come on, Pastor Babette. Let's go. You and I. So, uh, so don't compare yourself to other people. Really, please don't do that. If Abel has a gap tooth, don't, don't ask God for a gap tooth, okay? If I have a unibrow, don't ask God for a unibrow because God's trying to give you something else. Are you guys still good? This is truth. This is true word. <laughs> true word brings you the things that you actually need in your life. And it actually brings joy in the life that you want. So rather than me comparing myself, I actually end up with a desire of my heart, which looks like a truck. But then later, I'm like, God, how do I end up getting this truck? And he was like, let's keep having a conversation about the desires of your heart. And then you get a chance to write down the things that you love about yourself and things like teaching, right? So this is how I ended up here. Because I was getting a Chick-fil-A mini, and I decided to 
capture my thought, give it to the Lord. He gave me a true word. Now I want a truck. And then I have different desires in my heart. And I realize that one of them is I want to teach. For whatever reason, not because I wanted to, just the same reason I have a unibrow. For whatever reason, I love to teach. I feel the most alive when I'm up here. And really, I think it's because I get a chance to just express myself in the way that God created me. Right? But you will never be able to find out what the desires of your heart are if you're comparing yourself to another person's desire of their heart. Are you guys still with me? Okay, sweet. The pastors are, so thank you. I love you guys. Sweet. So it was my birthday a couple weeks ago, and, uh, and I just felt so loved. I was just walking around, hanging out. And, uh, and I see Alex. Can you guys just give a hand to Alex? He just crushed worship. It was good. Him and the worship team. And he goes up there, and he gives me this box. How many of you guys like gifts? Can I get an amen? How many of you guys like free gifts? Come on, like unconditional love gifts, right? Because there's times when you give a gift to your wife and it comes out of your bank account. I don't know if that's free, but uh, don't tell her I said that. (laughs) So Alex came up and he gave me this box out of nowhere. I was just giving him his tea because I love to serve him. And uh, and I get this box and it's so cool. It has all these colors on it. It's awesome. And I open it up and he's these brand new Jordans. And I, and I love Jordans. Like, I love, and I don't know why, but this is another thing God did with me. He gave me expensive taste, and it's not my fault. So all my shoes, my wife, she literally put me on a budget. She was like, you're killing our money. Stop buying expensive shoes. And I was like, yes, ma'am. So we went to the beach, and I bought these shoes. They were like 200 bucks, but the Lord blessed them, and I got them for 70 Can I get an amen? amen? Nice. So now I have these awesome shoes. I don't know how much you paid for them, but I'm going to say it's over $200. Okay, don't look at me. All right, nice. So I get these cool shoes. They look like astronaut shoes. And this is how I know I love you if I let you touch my shoes and I don't say anything to you. Pastor Babette. So, <laughs> so she comes, she touches them, and I'm like, okay, we're good. No fingerprints. And I, and I put them on. And before I, before I keep going, I had the worst day that day. It was literally one of the worst days I've had working here at the church. I, I was learning how to do something brand new. Do you guys know what trim is? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not coming with your intelligence. I didn't know what trim was. And they were telling me to install it. I don't know what that is. And, and uh, so I had to find out what trim was. I never used a nail gun in my life, so I'm out here with a nail gun. And uh, thank God for the military. They taught me how to shoot. And I have this air compressor thingy. And, uh, and so I'm, like, YouTubing all this stuff. Don't tell Pastor Gavin, but this is what I'm doing. He thinks I figured it all out. Like, he walked away. I'm like, Holy Spirit, shit, rota, la rata, himona. And then in the Bible, it actually says if you speak in tongues, you'll get revelation. Right? So I got revelation to go on YouTube. <laughs> and I looked it all up. I plugged it up. I put the gun. I'm like, I'm ready to cut this trim. I'm here. Here I am. Lord, whoa, use me. And uh, so I'm getting this trim. I'm trying to put it in. And I'm just so frustrated because it's not going in. And I kept thinking I was doing a horrible job. Okay, don't feel bad for me. I'm a powerful person. Don't rub that, okay? So I had the worst day ever, and then Alex shows up with a gift. And it's these awesome Jordans, and I felt like an astronaut. And so my mood was like, how many of you guys had those days? 66 people? Okay, love you. Praying for you. So I put my shoes on, and I immediately started to act like a kid. You should have seen me. I was out there like... Look at my shoes. Mr. Jeremy, he wasn't there. It was Nathaniel, and, like, he couldn't see me, but pretend this is a stage. And I was like, look at these shoes, bro. You like these shoes? And I'm just being giddy. I'm jumping. I'm having fun. But I can't jump too much because I'm going to crease them. And so I'm just having all this fun with my shoes. 
And everything about my day was just so much better. And, uh, and so I take my cool shoes to the back where, the, where uh, Coach Abel's at, teaching the kids uh, in the town square. And I had to take them off because if a kid steps on them, I, I got to hug them. <laughs> and then talk to their parents about getting me new ones. And uh, no, I'm just playing. So I couldn't put you in that situation. So I took them off, put them in my box, put these shoes on which are awesome, and, um, and I'm sitting down, and Coach Abel's actually showing this, this cool video called Superbook, and it was Adam. How many of you guys know Adam from Genesis 1? Come on, if you don't, open up your Bible. So what he's talking, uh, in, the, in the movie, in the little clip thing that they're doing, it's Adam and Eve, and God had just created them, and he didn't have a gap tooth. He actually looked really good. And he's in there, and God gives him the commandment, hey, like, all this stuff is yours. Name him whatever it is that you want to name them. He's like, lions, bro, all that cool stuff, and, which I thought was amazing. And then he's like, we're going to walk in the cool of the day together forever. The only rule is, don't you eat this apple. <sighs> and guess what? They ended up eating the apple, right? But it was cool because when Adam ate it, Eve said, I can feel everything. She just said those words, which I felt was a true word. She said, I can feel everything now. And then you know the rest of it. Like, they got in trouble. He had to put fig leaves on them. They ran away. The lions tried to eat them. It was really bad. It went south really quick. And, uh, and so Coach Abel up there came up, and he started talking about how before they knew sin, they never had a bad thought about themselves. Because there was no guilt. There was no shame. There was no condemnation. And Something inside of my heart stirred up where I was like, man, like, these guys, all they could do, listen to what I just said, all they can do is walk with God in the cool of the day. He wasn't inside of them. He had the breath of them inside of them. That's how they came alive. But they, he, he wasn't living inside of them. If he was, I promise you, they probably wouldn't have ate the fruit. I'm just saying. He would have been right there. Like, buddy, don't do it. And so it hit me of... If he only walked in the cool of the day with the Lord and never had a bad thought about himself or his wife, how come we have bad thoughts about ourselves if we have Jesus and Holy Spirit living inside of us? Come on. Are you guys with me? What's Roman 8.1? Say it. There's no condemnation. I'll help you out. So don't be condemned right now. Because I wasn't. And, uh, but I realized something else too. That the only reason I was able to get that revelation... When I was sitting there in the town square, one, I decided to play like a child and have childlike faith. But when those shoes came onto me, love was activated inside of me, and I had an open heart to actually hear the Lord speaking to me. And he gave me that revelation of like, buddy, you are more powerful than these people that are here because I am living inside of you. So why are you having bad thoughts about yourself? You're only allowed to have good thoughts about yourself. And this is the cool thing about God. He doesn't exist in time, right? He's in the past, present, and future. So him and I together in my heart, in my imagination, in my brain, whatever, whatever word you need to know, he took me back to me installing this trim that I was doing so great in. And he told me, he was like, bud, the reason you were frustrated and angry wasn't because you were doing a bad job. It was because you were hating yourself doing a bad job. And I was like, man, you're so good. <laughs> Did you guys get me? I, I, I was hating myself. The hate didn't come by the object. The, the hate didn't come because I couldn't put this bottle cap on the water, right? It came because I was telling myself, you suck and you're not doing this right. Why are you even working here? He should have never trusted you with this. It's your first time doing it. <laughs> come on, how many of you guys have bad thoughts? 
<clears throat> Come on. You don't have to raise your hand, but truth sets you free, right? Come on. Hallelujah. I love you. You and I in the back. Pastor Barry used to say just the two of us, right? It was like two of us today. Um, so anyways, and that really just opened up my heart to understanding this love. And, and so I, I just got obsessed with it. How many of you guys know it's good to be obsessed with Jesus? How many of you guys know it's good to be obsessed with the Bible? You know why? Because he's obsessed with you first. <laughs> yeah, Jesus came down not because we loved him, because he first loved us. So he's, first he has good thoughts about us before we have good thoughts about him. He's worshiping over us before we're worshiping over him. He's praying for us before we're praying for him. So he's obsessed with us before we're obsessed with him. But you can never get it if you're having negative thoughts about yourself because that's the access point. That's the pathway that he's having with you. You guys still with me? Okay, don't get too quiet. Unless God's talking to you, that's okay. So I got obsessed with that about having my heart open and having love activated. And, uh, and I'm reading these, these, it's really cool once God teaches you something to read the Bible from that perspective. Are you still with me? Okay, sweet. So I was reading all these different um, books but for whatever reason the heavens didn't open with some of them but the heavens did open on my coffee table drinking coffee in the morning in joshua one are you guys good for joshua one it's in the nlt um i'm gonna read it to you are you ready after the death of moses the lord's servant say the lord's servant the lord spoke to joshua son of nun moses's assistant say moses's assistant is a lot right there. Thank you. I felt better. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. Say lead. Nice. The Israelites across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to Lebanon mountains in the north. You know, I haven't been to college for this. Uh, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Everybody say, I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Say very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book. Say study this book. Of instructions continually. Continually meditate on it day and night so you would be sure to obey everything written on it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Say succeed. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So that's all like really cool power stuff, right? I'm like, oh man, this is great. Like, uh, let's go. Let's attack stuff. We're going to go to work. We're going to put trim again because we know what we're doing. And I was like, God, how did he even get here? And he was like, bud, let's read before that. Before that, he went out there as a spy with other spies. And I think it was 12 of them, right, PC? It was 12, my mama, 12, 12. Pastors help anybody? 12? Okay, good. So it was 12 spies that went out there into the wilderness. And they found all these fruit and all this awesome stuff, but then they saw giants. And so they got really discouraged and they started having negative thoughts about themselves 
And they ended up coming back. They did the report. Joshua and Caleb are like, yo, let's go get them. Like, let's get them. This land is ours. We're going to take it. The other 10 were like, nah, bud, we're going to lose. So Moses ended up going with the 10, and they didn't go into the promised land. That part hit me because first, I would be so angry. So, so angry that I am ready to go out there and get a land, but now we're not going to go and do that. Right? Not only am I angry that I can't do it that day, God comes, rebukes me, and says I can't get in that land for 40 years. Man, I would, how many of you guys would be angry? Like, angry, angry. You know what's out there. You know that grape tastes good. But you can't get it for 40 years? Man, he had all right to be offended. He had all right to be angry. He had all right to have every negative thought. He had all right to stop having relationships with any of those people there. He had all right to be offended. But this is why I think Joshua 1, he gets so courageous and he's put in this position where he can go and conquer the land. is because he chose not to be offended. He chose love instead. He chose to have positive thoughts about these people. I'm sure it was hard. But all I keep thinking about is if he was closing himself off to any of these people, what army is he going to lead out there? Man, and we get offended because somebody cuts us off on 66. Or we get offended because we're waiting for our Chick-fil-A minis and a Porsche comes in front of us. And we want it. Right? So from there, I started to understand that, like, having your heart open is actually how the Lord speaks to you. And the Lord gives you what Joshua 1 was about being strong and courageous. Come on, are you guys still with me? Okay, good. I like it. You guys are quiet, which is good. That means that the Lord's probably speaking to you, which is what I want. So, <laughs> excuse me. So, the, the more I started reading about that, I was like, okay, good, Papa. Thank you so much for that. Like, having my heart open is great. But the more I kept reading to Joshua, he brought these people that he chose not to be offended with, all of their kids. So that means that the parents actually had good stuff to say about Joshua, which means that he had good relationship with these people. So then he actually befriended all of their sons, all of their daughters that were 40 years plus, right? And then he went out there and took the land and started conquering, which I thought was amazing. And then on top of that, there's a verse in here. I'm trying to remember where it was. Oh, here it is. So in Joshua 5, 4, 13, when Joshua was near, so he already got all these awesome victories. It says, when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you friend or foe? Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua. What do you want? Joshua said, what do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. And I thought that was amazing that because he had his heart open, he was able to see the commander of the Lord's army. He was able to have a supernatural encounter because 40 years ago he chose not to be offended. (sighs) You guys still with me? I feel like this is pretty good in my heart. Come on. Come on. And so he gets to see the commander of the Lord's army. And I was like, God, what? this is awesome. Like, so if I have my heart open, I love people no matter what. But first, I love myself. I forgot about that scripture where it says your commandment. Oh, no, I read it at the beginning. Thank you, Jesus. Where it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Come on. You can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. And you can't love yourself if you're constantly having negative thoughts about yourself. Still with me? Your heart 
closes when you have negative thoughts about yourself. And this is the part I want you to get. I want you to understand that you have all power to have not positive thoughts, true words from the living God because he's living inside of you. Because if Adam was able to do it without Jesus and Holy Spirit inside of him, you can do it every day on 66 with your coworkers. Oh, right now as I'm yelling at you. But I'm not yelling, I'm passionate. Come on, Jesus' name. He made me that way. That's my gap tooth and my unibrow. So, so he, got, he got to see a supernatural encounter because he chose to keep his heart open. Right? He got to see the Lord's army. And it's, this is my favorite part. He was already having victories. How much more victories is going to have because he's finally able to see the thing that was causing him all these awesome victories. But he would have never been able to see it if his heart was closed. Yeah. And Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. The only reason, the only way that you are going to feel bad for what I am saying to you is if you still belong to yourself. But Romans 8, 1 says there is no condemnation for those that belong, that belong, that belong to Jesus. Come on, so if my awesome Tacoma, the Toyota Tacoma that you guys blessed me with one day, right? I have this awesome truck, and the Lord tells me, all right, bud, I gave that to you, now give it to your little brother, and I'm going to do it because I'm a good servant, no matter how angry I am, but I'm going to have good thoughts about it, right? So I give him this truck, I sign my pink slip, and I'm like, buddy, it's all yours, have fun with it. I lost all right to go and be like, you're driving that car bad, or this car is dirty, give it back. <laughs> it's not mine anymore. I lost all authority for it. So why do you still feel you have authority to have negative thoughts about yourself when you belong to Jesus? But that's okay because probably nobody told you that you're loved and you're his bride. And that he made you perfect. You still with me? Yeah? Okay, good. This is how we have Northern Virginia saved. We stop thinking bad about ourselves and having condemnation about ourselves. And it starts with us belonging to Jesus, not ourselves. Or not the things that people are telling us we are. Come on, God. You're a good daddy. You're a good daddy. You're a good daddy. Come on. So our life is literally this truck, right, that we got a chance to give to Jesus. We're like, okay, God, we're definitely crashing this truck. We're messing up this truck. We're drinking in this truck. We're having girls in this truck. We're having weed in this truck. We're having things we're not supposed to have in this truck. I'm messing it up. I'm saying the F word, and I'm giving it to you. What do you want to do? He, this is the best part. He's like, I'm going to be the driver, but you're going to sit with me. And everywhere that I go, you're going to go with me and everywhere that I have a victory, you're going to have a victory because you're with me. Come on. What, who does that? I wouldn't do that. Man, I get mad at my wife because she loses her phone. You, you're with me? But let alone love her and give her a brand new one. You, you know what I mean? Like, God is that good. He's so good. But the reason I got mad was because I had a negative thought about myself. Right? And it probably started with, if I had control over that phone, she would never lose it. But what good does it do her if it's her phone? Okay, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it. I love you guys so much. It's all coming from a place of love, okay? It's all i you know. I just want you guys to be Joshua's in everywhere that you go. That's it. God, all these promises that he gave to Joshua, he, <clears throat> again, Genesis 1, he didn't have Holy Spirit inside of him. Joshua didn't have Jesus inside of him. And he's winning cities. He's winning countries. He, he's, this, he's getting the place that God promised him. Why aren't you getting the promises that God gave you? 
Is it because you're belonging to yourself or is it because you're belonging to Jesus? And if you're belonging to yourself, there's no condemnation. So you just flip the script and you say, I do belong to Jesus. And then when you come and you hear these worship songs, you say, God, thank you that I belong to you. God, you're so good. Come on. So having your heart open gives you the ability to see the supernatural. That's already working without you even knowing. But it's so much more fun knowing it's there. Right? Like, I'm sure now, not only is he happy that he's conquering all these, so he already has those testimonies. Right? The fact that he's actually going and saying, that city's mine, check that off. That city's mine, check that off. Yeah, that over there, I'm going to have my uh, brand new goat over there. So make sure you save that city for me. Right? So these are all testimonies that he's putting in his bank. How many of you guys journal? Oh, man, if you're not journaling, you're forgetting to write cities down and you're, okay, you're forgetting to write victories down. How many of you guys have a phone? I write all my notes in there, right? And every day is a renewing of the mind. I think it was in 1 Corinthians where it says renew your mind daily, right? Every morning I wake up and I read all the victories that he's done for me. Yes, God, I thank you so much that my car did break down, but you were good enough to fix it and then write me a check for it. And so I made a profit. Who makes a profit from the car breaking down, Right? Joshua, (laughs) come on. It's okay. It's Wednesday night. We're a little tired, and that's good. So having your heart open lets you see the supernatural that's already working for you without you knowing. But it's so much more fun when you know who's actually behind the scenes working, right? So my car, that's a victory that I have in my book that I look at every single day, that encourages me to keep moving on and for my next victory, right? So I can't imagine how much more courage Joshua had after seeing what's behind him and helping him win these wars. But he would have never gone if his heart was closed. Uh, Normally my coach, he throws gang signs at me to let me know if if I'm overdoing it. But I have my PC. Am I good? Am I still on time? Okay. Are you guys good? I should be asking you. Are you guys tired? Okay, good. So, all right, good. So, Joshua ends up seeing the Lord's army. And, yeah, uh, I, just, I just really want to nail that down for you. That seeing the supernatural isn't just to make you feel good. Like seeing the supernatural is so you can go back and tell the descendants that waited 40 years that we're going to win no matter what. Yeah, right? And so what I've been doing since that day that I decided not to have negative thoughts about myself, I made a promise to myself that I'm not going to complain. Because if Thanksgiving is worshiping God, what is complaining? Who are you worshiping? Come on, no condemnation for those that belong to? Jesus, okay, Christ. Christ is good, too. I like him. Um, sweet. So I made a vow to myself. I was like, God, what do you want me to do? He was like, bud, stop complaining, because when you complain, you're worshiping Satan. And I was like, all right, Papa, so what do I do? He was like, give me thanks instead. And I was like, no way it can be that easy. And I thought about Joshua, and I thought about how he didn't do any good work. He just lived his life, connecting with people and loving them. And when the 40 years was up, he just started walking into victories. He stayed in a constant place of no offense, a constant place of love. And, uh, and this is just love. 
Love just isn't a word that you tell to your wife. You know, love actually has power. I, I remember Pastor Le- Leslie, 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 the crazy lady that hugged me and, and called me uncle the first day I showed up. She told me that she saw this teaching. I, I, I don't know if it lines up with theology, but it made me feel good. She said that love actually has this frequency. And it's like one of the highest frequencies that anything on, in the world actually produces. And, um, and talking to Pastor Bet, she was telling me that like love is actually what keeps families together. And love is actually one of the highest pillars on these different mountains that we have. Okay, that's a different teaching. Whatever, love is powerful. That's all I'm saying. And let me tell you how powerful love is. Love brought Jesus down to earth. Do you hear me? Come on. So if I was sitting up here, and I'm Jesus, I'm not, I'm Raphael. But this was Jesus in heaven, hanging out, seeing how amazing you are. And he was like, I love you so much that I'm going to go and die for you. That he got up off his throne from holding the universe in his hand. And he walked down, decided to wear these skin and blood and feel pain and feel hurt and suffer because he loves you. But you understand that he was sitting in heaven. So love brought Jesus down to earth. (laughs) So what happens when we love? What happens when we love ourselves? I think we actually tap into heaven and bring down revelation. No? Okay, good. I thought it was good. I saw Jesus, and I'm alive, and I haven't committed suicide. So I think he did come down from heaven. He's a good dad. And if I had a cool picture to put up there, I would show you how bloody and beat up he was because he loved you so much. And I'm sure he's willing to do it. Every day, all day, again, for the rest of your life. Because he's that good. Sweet. Uh, I feel like there was like a grounding point. Um, But I don't know how to land his airplane. Right? Because that's how I feel like teachings are. So this is what I'm going to do. You guys ready for some activation before you go? Am I allowed to do that, PC? Oh, come on. My heart is for the people. Rafa for president. No, I'm just playing. I can't. I'm from Guatemala. <laughs> you guys didn't get that joke. Okay, all right. Put your hand over your heart. Cool. Take a deep breath in. Okay. All I want you to do is very simple. I just want you to forgive yourself for having negative thoughts about yourself. Don't overthink it. Don't make it crazy. Don't make it religious. Don't open up a hymn book. Just, just literally just say, I forgive myself for having negative thoughts. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just making sure everybody got a chance to do it. Nice. And now... <laughs> This is the best part. Because you forgave yourself, that means there's like a little empty box for God to be able to come into there and give you a truth. It's my favorite part. So you're just going to look into heaven in your, we would call it imagination. But I think it's your heart. And I just want you to see Jesus, the man that came down from this throne because he loved you. And let him tell you a truth about you. So to help you out, just say, Jesus, what do you think about me? And if it's a good, good thought, because he only has good thoughts, 
I think in Psalms it says that the good thoughts he has for you outnumber the sands on the shore. If you've ever been to the beach like PC is going to go to, there's a lot of sand out there. So he has a lot of good thoughts for you. So you're not allowed to say, I didn't get anything. Because he has something to give you right now. And if it's he loves your gap tooth or he loves your unibrow, just take it to the bank. Because it's worth a million dollars. It's worth the price of Jesus. And let's just soak in that. Sometimes I think we, we're taught to always think and visualize and read. But Pastor Barry told me that the greatest revelations he's had is when he would just sit there and let Jesus sit with him. And I tried it, and it felt good. So just let him sit there with you. And I feel for a lot of you, he just wants to hug you. Not because you're broken, but because you've been breaking yourself. So we just thank you right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit's moving, and it's good. And we don't exist in time. Well, God doesn't exist in time, but we do. And that's okay. So Holy Spirit, thank you that you're hovering here. And you're a good father. In Jesus' name, amen. Sweet, before you leave, I actually give homework every time I teach. So your homework, I learned this from Pastor Babette. She always gave me homework. Your homework is to not complain. Even if you're going to use the words, I'm venting, or uh, I'm processing, you're not allowed to do that, if you want. I mean, if you want to be like Joshua, <laughs> keep your heart open. I'm just saying, no condemnation. Okay, so your homework is all week till next Wednesday, don't complain. Don't complain to your spouse. Don't complain to your babies. Don't complain to yourself in the mirror. Okay? Only give thanks. It's hard, but then it's easy. All right, I love you guys. If you guys enjoyed it, just Clap it out for the Lord. Thank you. I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this. Right? Be prepared because there is movement here that there are new things coming. And there are people whose hearts are full. And God is feeding us and stirring us. So you matter to this gathering. Rafa shared, but you received. And so what you received, you change this gathering every time you come. I love you guys.